Welcome to Real Personal Finance. I'm your host, Scott Frank, CFP, CFA charter holder, and founder of Stone Steps Financial. And I'm your host, James Canole, CFP, MBA, and owner of Root Financial Partners. The premise of our show is simple. Money can be confusing, but it doesn't have to be. Our goal is to answer real personal financial questions that we hear from our clients and our listeners. Each episode, we answer one personal financial question in a clear and understandable way. Because money is a tool. And when you understand the language of money, you can make better decisions to improve your financial life. Hey, hey James. Scott. Oh. oh, Jinx. Shoot. We've actually never done Coke. that, which is really weird. I'm surprised. Just takes 101 episodes. Usually, Well, we did it. Yeah. Let's start over. No, let's not. Let's just keep going. How hey, are Scott. you today? <laughs> I'm good. Good, good. Well, I'm glad we made it through the first hundred without messing that up. But yeah, here we go. Who says hi first? Um, okay. So thank you so much for your listener questions. We have another one today that we're going to dive into. Um, and please keep them coming. We, we truly appreciate them. By by sharing your own stories and, and the issues that you're contending with, it helps others because you know, as you guys are driving, you you can put yourself in that position and, and hopefully it'll help you make some choices and give you some clarity on things you can do to improve your financial life. Yeah. Yeah. So today's um, uh, listener submission is from Valerie. Thank you, Valerie. And the message is, um, we are 41. We have a five-year-old and a seven-year-old. No carry debt except for our mortgage. Cars are paid off. That We'll probably need a new one in a year or so. Um, husband's income will cover that if necessary. Our regular life expenses are covered by my husband's salary. He contributes to a 403B pension for his retirement savings, does not pay into social security. I'm self-employed and make between 50 to 60,000 before taxes. We use my income for home improvements, large purchases, vacations, but otherwise it's just savings. I have a vested 403B from 10 years at a state job. Now that I'm no longer contributing to that, I max out a Roth to continue my retirement savings, but I'm trying to figure out what else I should be doing for retirement savings. I will also qualify for social security, assuming that's still a thing. Should I invest in the stock market index funds so some of the money is liquid, but can benefit from compound interest if we don't use it or need it? Or should I do a SEP IRA and a Roth IRA or move the Roth to a SEP where I can contribute more? I have at least twenty to 30000 in savings that isn't earmarked for home improvement projects or travel that I should be doing something with. All right. Yeah. Good. Some layers there. A lot of layers there. Um, but at the end of the day, things... I think that the the question is, what do I do with this extra money that I'm saving? Exactly. And I'm going to give a touch of a caveat here for all of you as listeners, because we answer a lot of these incoming questions. And it's just a good reminder. We're going to walk through a framework of how we would be thinking about this. Right. But we do not have all of the information from Valerie to give a true answer. Right? Right. So while we're going to do our best with the information we have, please realize this is not financial planning advice, what we're dispensing right here. Because we just don't have all the answers. Um, if Valerie wants to get all the answers, I highly suggest she go and find an advisor or spend a lot of time geeking out on this mm-hmm. to find her answer. But hopefully we'll give a framework that'll be helpful. Yeah. Yeah. With with the information we have, what uh, what is the feedback that we can give about how should you think through this? Uh, Valerie's got extra income. 
sounds like husband's income is covering the essentials and her income is going to things like savings, vacations, kind of fun stuff. Yeah. And what's the best thing to do with that? Yes. Where do you, where do we start with that? You know, there's, there's retirement that we can think about. There's short-term goals we can think about. There's qualified accounts, regular accounts. Where do we even start when it comes to thinking through this? Yeah. You know, the interesting thing is, because we did write a few questions that we're going to ask now that we're thinking through, but the first one that comes to mind for me is um, Valerie and, and her husband answering their three questions and figuring out how they want to invest their time, their money, their energy, and their talent, because mm-hmm. it's going to come back to the answers that we're going to look at. Yeah. Right? Yep. And the reason I'm saying that is, um, what we're seeing now is they they live, it sounds like they're living a lovely life. They have extra income. And the question is, what do you want to do with that income? And the answer really lies in what do you want to build now and in the future, mm-hmm. right? And that's where the first question that I wrote down to ask was, are you currently saving enough for retirement? But the reason I tweaked it a little bit just now is because you could, you could easily ask the question of like, the next question, if you already are saving enough for retirement, is, well, when do you want to retire? Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Totally. Because we could dial up savings to be able to hit the eject button faster right? if we wanted to. Right. If we really love work and we want to keep going forever, you might not want to do that. And now you have excess funds to use in other places. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Because the the classic answer here would be, okay, if you have extra income and you have a self-employment income, great. You should go shelter that in some type of a SEP IRA or the retirement plan. That's going to save you money on taxes and allow you to put money away. Right. But that's going to tie up some money for some time. Yes. And if you want an early retirement or you want to be able to step away before 59 and a half or do something big with your money before then, that might not be the best answer. Yeah. Now, assuming it is, let's kind of walk through both scenarios. Yeah. First scenario I was thinking through is I was just answering, the, putting down these questions that I would want to know the answers to. And you let me know if you feel differently. Mm-hmm. I was just kind of like, okay, so, so Valerie and her husband are sitting there thinking like, okay, we're going to retire at X like this year. This is what we're planning for. So my first question is, do are you saving enough in retirement? And do you have enough in retirement accounts already to meet that goal? Right. And so what we know is we know there's a pension that Valerie's husband is contributing to. We know Valerie has a 403B from a previous job. We know that she's putting money into a Roth IRA. It sounds like there's some good things happening for yeah. retirement. Yeah. Is it enough? I don't know. I don't know what those numbers are. I don't know what they want retirement to look like. Right. Um, but it sounds like you're doing some good things, which which frees Valerie and her husband up to be able to say, we don't necessarily need to set this money aside into a SEP or into a retirement account. Right. We could use these funds right. sooner than then, which if that was the case, you probably wouldn't want to put them into a SEP IRA or 401k um, or, or even now Roth IRA has got some flexibility built into it, but you might want to use a non-retirement account if that was the case. Exactly. Sooner. So that's, yeah, we're on the same page. So I was kind of thinking, are you currently saving enough for retirement? Let's assume they answer yes to that. So then the next question I would want to ask is, are you um, hitting all of your short and long-term goals? Are they being met? I'm a, it's kind of sounds like the answer might be yes already. Yeah. It sounds like they want, they, they'll need a new car in the next year, which it sounds like that's covered. Uh, It sounds like Valerie's income is going to cover things like vacations and other one-off things like that. Mm Mm-hmm. But are there other short-term goals? Is right. there a desire to start a new company? Is there a desire to send a kid to a, a school that costs some money? That's not yeah, like school. private school in the near to- term, or start saving more for college. We didn't hear anything about college in here. Is there something saving for college? Yeah, yeah. Will there be a career change? Will one or both 
switch works or stop working? And if that's the case, do you need to set some funds aside for that? So it's almost like going through a checkbox to start. Of course, once you've gone through that exercise of understanding what are the goals you're actually investing for, yeah, you start just checking the boxes. Are you saving enough for retirement? Great. Um, are your short to medium term to long term goals being met? If you know, keep checking those boxes, if so, great. That's where then you can start looking at what do you do with this money? Can you forgo some of the benefits of the tax advantages of a retirement account? Yeah. In order to invest in something that's more liquid, that's more flexible, that, that doesn't have all the bells and whistles of a retirement plan, but does offer some more flexibility. Yeah, we're, I think you and I are on the same page there. The the amount of if if you're you know forty one is you're you're you really don't want to touch your your retirement assets until you're like on average fifty nine and a half. Let's just say to really go start touching them, and then ideally seventy two. If the new Secure Act makes it through Congress, could be even further out until mm-hmm. you're going to touch that with required minimum distributions. So, you know, if you don't really need those funds, you you might want to be building up a a stockpile of cash in a taxable account mm-hmm. that's available to use for other things and other purposes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's see here. So she asks, should I do a SEP IRA and Roth IRA or move the Roth to SEP where I can contribute more? So, so this is, let, let's assume that everything's covered and she's done everything. They're, they're on track for retirement. Their short-term goals are also covered. They have enough cash to do everything. Now it's just, where can I get the most bang for my buck with this? Yeah. So I think we cu- we're touching on it a little bit, but I want to hit it on the head. The first thing I would want to know is on their balance sheet, do they have enough liquidity on their balance sheet for their life right now? Right. Right. And what is liquidity? Can you define like what what constitutes? Yeah, sorry, liquidity is one of those one of those words. Um, <laughs> money that's easily accessible without having penalties, mm-hmm. right? It's kind of how I would think of it. So, like, oftentimes when we go put money in our four hundred one ks at work or IRA accounts or the SEP IRA or maybe a solo four hundred one k, there's all these rules associated. We get that put that money away pre tax and not pay taxes on it now, or we get to put it in post tax and not pay taxes on it now or in the future, but there's all these rules wrapped around it where if we go break any of those rules, we get to pay some penalties. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things I would just want to look at is how much, how much in funds do you have? And one of the simple ways I think of it with people is I look at, show me how much you have in taxable accounts. So think about checking accounts, savings accounts, maybe if you have a CD, um, or maybe you keep a little bit of cash in your in your in your top drawer of your dresser just in case the power goes out. That include that, um, and a taxable account. Taxable accounts just a, a brokerage account, right? Where you right. invest in stocks and bonds. How much is in there? Divide that by the number of months that you, what you need per month to live life. And there's roughly how much quickly, how much like fast liquidity you have. How long right. would that last? Just right. one way to gauge it. Uh huh. Yeah. And we talked about that. To an extent on the emergency fund episode, do you need an emergency fund? And what you need that for is if all's going well, you, you really don't need that. Yeah. But sometimes things don't go well and they don't go well. Everyone has times when that happens. So do mm-hmm. you have enough liquidity that will allow you to keep your non-liquid stuff, your retirement stuff where it is while you get back on your feet, whether that's finding a new job or finding a way to pay for something or uh, dealing with whatever happened yeah. and using liquidity to, but like, to do that. The concern I'll run into is if you have all of your money, if you're putting all of your money into retirement accounts and maybe you're paying, you have, and then you're making your debt payment on your house and you have maybe just a three months of emergency funds. Well, three months of emergency funds relative to your cash flow, that can become really small on your balance sheet after a while. And like if things get really dire for you, well, now you have to go invade your retirement accounts 
and pay penalties to go use those funds Mm -hmm. where you could have had some funds built up in taxable assets Mm -hmm. just to be there for kind of your, it's like a backup to your backup. You get, you still can invest it. It can still be pretty tax efficient. Yeah. Um, you know, just something to keep in mind. Yeah, absolutely. And then once, you know, assume again, they have enough liquidity. The question of should, should I do a SEP IRA, a Roth IRA, that really comes, that's really a tax question. And, yeah. and we, there's a couple of episodes where we've gone through this in, in more detail, but just generally speaking, what it comes down to is if you're in a higher tax bracket today than you anticipate you will be in retirement, it makes sense to do something like a SEP IRA where you can get the tax deduction today. You have tax deferred growth while the money's invested in your SEP IRA, and then you pull it out in retirement when you're in theoretically in a lower tax bracket. If the opposite is true, then then you think about doing a Roth IRA today. If you're in a lower tax bracket, do the Roth, forego the tax deduction, but then that money grows completely tax-free for uh, forever. So in, in looking at this, it's a hard, hard way to say one way or the other, just because we don't know the information about total income, tax brackets, what you your expected retirement will look like. Um, both are good. It's just yeah. a matter of which is going to be better for you yeah. in this instance. Well, and the other thing is, and, and I think it was maybe our first or second episode ever was about um, should you use a SEP or a solo 401k, SEP or or solo 401k? And uh, th- to us, the answer largely is go use your solo 401k. So you want to go back and listen to that episode. Um, and this is just looking at, you know, you know your marginal tax bracket, you guys figure out you don't need the money, you decide that you want to put more away for retirement in your future. And you want to put as much away as you can to drive down your taxable income. Mm-hmm. Well, the SEP IRA is going to allow you to put a decent amount away, about 20% of your business income. Or I'm just making the straight assumption that you're um, a sole proprietor here. You're not doing, uh, having, you don't have an S Corp election. Um, but if you did a solo 401k instead, you could still do that 20%, but you could also put away $19,500 as the employee right. uh, in that instance. So you could actually put away. Let's see, 20% of 60 is 12. I'm trying to do math here on a, what day is today? It's a, a late in the afternoon. Anyway, <laughs> 12, and and 12 and 19 and a half is? 31 and a half. 31 and a half thousand. So potentially you could put away up to about 50% of your, um, your income into a solo 401k if that's the right solution for you. Right. So something to look into. And that's episode three, in case you want to check that out. Should you mm-hmm. do a solo 401k or SEP IRA? That could be a great episode for this uh, this situation. Yeah, and I think did did we mention that they have a small? No, there's no, there's no. We're in, if you want, if you did that, and then you wanted to save even more, you potentially could look at doing like backdoor Roths, if or regular Roths, if you guys hit them mm-hmm. based on income levels. But then you'd want to make sure you don't hit the pro rata rule. I think we have an episode on that as well. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. So I, you know, going back to the beginning, we can't. It's hard to provide a direct answer to this because there's there's so much information, but this is certainly the way we would think about it, of making sure you're starting with what's most important to you or the goals that you have. Yeah. Uh, are you saving for those long-term goals? Are you saving for those short-term goals? Once you start checking some of those boxes, then really you're freed up to, to kind of do whatever you want with this. You mm-hmm. know, it's not like you have to do one to be financially okay. It's with this extra income, would you prefer flexibility or do you prefer tax benefits? Is what it's going to come down to. Yeah, I mean, there will be a, there will be a right solution for you. We just don't know what it is based because we don't know ultimately what your driving goals are. Mm-hmm. But I think in the end, there's really two paths for for Valerie and her husband to think through. One is what do we do with the excess cash that we have today? 
So that's to me, especially if you start start looking at your balance sheet big picture and like, do we have enough liquidity in our taxable accounts? If not, that might be a quick, easy answer. If you do, you might want to choose to start taking on some of these retirement account answers as well. And then once you have that answer, know what your excess amount is moving forward and make a game plan to go put that in the specific areas that you've decided. Yeah. So you don't come back to it, you know, a year, two years later with another $30,000 and what do I do now? Right. Right. Exactly. Cool. Well, I think that's, I think that about covers it. Yeah. Do you have anything else? No, I think, think we're good. Yeah. Thanks Next for time. the question. Next time we'll figure out who says hi first. No, no, no it's going to become an it. issue. I can okay. tell. All right. All right. I'm mad about it. Cool. <laughs> All right. See you well, guys thanks, next Valerie, week. for the question. Thanks, Scott. We'll see you next time. See ya. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Real Personal Finance Podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please subscribe and let us know by leaving a five-star review. And if you have a question that you'd like for us to answer, then head over to the Real Personal Finance website at realpersonalfinance.co. And there's a section on the bottom of each page there where you can submit your question for us to answer in a future episode. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time. This podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes only. It should not be relied upon for a basis for investment decision. This podcast is not engaged in rendering legal, financial, or other professional services.